Welcome to the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today, helping you build the capacity to change your life, helping you to walk in your purpose. I've been getting a lot of questions about the SBA funding. You know, over the past few weeks, I've done a few shows and webinars about this topic. On tonight's show, I'm going to play two recent interviews from two professionals that I feel gave some great information about these loans. First will be Lonnie Sabor, longtime guest from Invest Atlanta as he discusses the loan programs that Invest Atlanta had at the time. And then Nancy Flake Johnson, the CEO of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta, as she discusses her take on the SBA loan initiatives. First, I'm going to do my cap builder minute on evaluating your business idea because right now, you may need to really take a look at that idea to make sure it's the right one for you. So I'm going to go to break, and when I come back with my Cat Builder Minute on evaluating your business ideas and these two great interviews on SBA lending initiatives, all today on the Cat Builder Talk. Always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Art Council. Hey! 
Hey, Mark Parr here. Cat Billy Talk Radio Show. We're going to get it in tonight. I'm going to start out with how extraordinary people spend their free time. Now, reinvesting your time is a very important aspect of what to do with what we time we have. You know, it's the greatest use of your time. If you're working a full-time job, you don't have a lot of time. But the free time you do have, you have to learn what to do with it so that you can make sure that you're making the right decisions on what to do, okay? But it's the greatest use of your time. So we're going to talk about a few ways that extraordinary people spend their time so that you can start changing how you use your time. One of the things I want you to first think of, 100% when you're on and 100% when you're off. You know, there's a lot of people that are always working. They never turn off their work brains. As a result, they get tired. And then sometimes the work they do is the greatest they could be doing. But extraordinary people are not working all the time. In fact, a lot of times they work less than other people. Extraordinary people put 100% of their effort into what they're doing for the moment, 100% when they're working and 100% when they're resting. They don't follow the usual routine. Slacking off at work, anxiously worrying about work when they're resting. You know, it used to be me. I, you know, I don't do that anymore. So when you're on 100% of focus, a lot of things are going to happen for you. One, you're going to have a higher quality of work because your focus is higher. You're going to enter into flow states. You're just going to enter into that zone because you're going to start developing high-level routines. You're going to waste less time on things like social media and your phone. And you're going to have more prestige in your network because you'll be known as an excellent worker. You're also going to develop a deeper spiritual life as you pay attention to the world around you. You no longer have weekends because you won't be thinking about work. You'll have more fun. All right? So extraordinary people focus entirely on the things they're doing, and that's it. They create firm boundaries. Some days I don't touch my computer. I just want to touch it on the days that I've committed to work. I'm afraid to open it sometimes. You know, I even turn off my phone. I turn off notifications so that I don't get caught up doing things that are not helping me be free, okay? But wherever you are, make sure you are there. So I want you to start reinvesting your free time and then learning and growing. I don't know, some of you, you know, over the past few weeks, I've been going to YouTube University on a regular basis. You have to learn new skills got to learn new things. But you got to choose the time to learn and grow on your own personal time. Positive reinforcement. Most people don't realize that having positive reinforcement makes you free because you're working on the things you're supposed to work on and you're taking time off. So you don't have much time for things that you don't really need to be doing if you put yourself on a routine. But you've got to be working on the right stuff. A lot of people sometimes spend their time working on the wrong things, fame, money, jealousy. But when you get there, you'll be there. You know, Tony Robbins once said four things that you really need to do. You know, his process for changing your life was, one, identify an area in your life that you want to improve. Identify the rituals that have brought you here. Identify where you want to be instead. Identify the rituals you need to get there. Sounds simple, right? But this is a process that extraordinary people do every day. 
So I want you to focus on this. Work on the right stuff because every skill you acquire doubles your odds of success. Anything you learn new increases your opportunity to generate more revenue and be more successful. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back Just trying to get ready for this next segment. I wanted to bring in Brother Lonnie Sabor from Invest Atlanta and talk about some of the things that are going on from the standpoint of disaster relief for businesses and loan funds and things like that. Lonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here, as always. You know, you know, it's uh, you, you've been on here quite a bit, and it's always about funding. But right now, funding has become very important in small businesses. I don't know if you heard Kurt just talk about some of the things that are going on in the communities and things like that. And what I wanted to do was just first introduce yourself so people I, I know you are, and a lot of my listeners know. But I think we have a lot of new listeners tonight just because of this topic. Why don't you introduce yourself and let us know yes, what so you stand Right, Lonnie Sabor, Director of Small Business Development for Invest Atlanta. In that capacity, I'm, I'm responsible for administering several, actually about 10 revolving loan programs for the city of Atlanta, which I helped to create on behalf of the organization in the city of Atlanta. And, you know, we've been able to really do a, make a lot of difference in Work with a lot of small businesses over the years. I know we've financed well over 600 businesses in the city, leverage over half a billion dollars of both public and private sector financing. And so we've been enjoying doing, doing that for, for a number of years in the city to sort of make a difference in, in the small business community in the city of Atlanta, uh, which really, uh, in the whole nation at this point, Mark, as you know, is, is facing some real challenges. I mean, challenges we've never faced before uh, given the situation we're in now is not just dealing with business, but also dealing with our health. And anytime you you combine uh, a health issue with, with with commerce and it's directly related to each other, you begin to see that decline. That's where we are right now in our communities all over the country and all over the world right now. With this pandemic and what's happening right now, and people are really just trying to find a way to make things happen and keep things going. And and that's part of what we're we're trying to do today. Well, you know, it's interesting because last week I started getting the information about the SBAs doing this and the SBAs doing that, but they're still putting a lot of that together. But one of the things that has come very clear to me is that, particularly with the SBA funding this relief fund, they want you working directly with the SBA. Um, right, which is kind of a switch because normally most of the people to get financing from from the SBA is going to be through through a bank, and the bank, the SBA will primarily be guaranteeing loans. Uh, there's a, there's one existing program that's around for a number of years called the SBA 504, but even with that program, you don't deal directly with SBA, you deal with, with some of the certified development corporations. So this is pretty unique, but that program, Mark, is really up and running right now, and people okay. who are uh, really uh, looking for financing and and upside down right now in the situation, they can actually go online and apply for up to officially up to two million dollars from the Small Business Administration right now. That's to the to the SBA Disaster Loan Fund. And let me just kind of give a quick shout out on that one. So that that particular fund is sba.gov/disaster. So you go online and put that in sba/gov/sba.gov/disaster. Uh, uh, 
and actually apply for financing through the Small Business Administration uh, as we speak right now. So a lot of people are not aware of that. And what happened with that was when, when, when Trump, President Trump, uh, made this a national disaster for the for the for the United States of America. Uh, each each governor had the ability to actually uh, a, a, appeal to the government, federal government, for for disaster assistance. And in Georgia, a governor Kemp did that, and it was finalized last week. And okay. so all the businesses in in Georgia can now approach the SBA disaster fund directly to get financing for their particular business. So I hear that these loans they can be used to pay fixed, you know. Debts that you have, payroll, accounting, accounts payable, and other bills that can't be paid because of the disaster's impact. And this is an yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wide, but, 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 but you, could all, you can also imagine that, you know, it's, a, it's so severe, and this is a national type of a program, you know, that the competition is pretty steep. And I know the paperwork, although it's not as, as cumbersome as it normally would be applied for an SBA loan, it's been cut down somewhat. But there's still some things that the person has to has to be aware of when they actually apply for financing, uh, utilizing the, uh, the disaster loan fund from the from the Small Business Administration. Uh, do we want to go and over a couple of things? Are they similar yeah, to what? Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just printed out the application again that they're using. Looking at it kind of briefly here, it's pretty much geared toward existing companies. And and you could also be a sole proprietor as well, though. You could be a sole proprietor. You don't have to be incorporated per se. But the main thing you have to do with all the situation is that you have to be legitimate. You have to have your, your federal tax ID number. And you have to have uh, your business license. And you have some form of structure. Uh, most of them are going to be dealing with partnerships, corporations, limited partners. Uh, there's even some nonprofits can also, I see here, can also qualify for financing potentially versus disaster loan fund. And they want to identify, you have to identify to them exactly like what I find, which I mentioned uh, briefly here in a minute, uh, what what the impact of the disaster meant for you. Uh, okay. What has that impacted your business? And so those are all things, if it's property related, uh, damage, most of these disaster laws will be related more to property than anything else. But this one, because this is a very unique thing we're facing right now, and it's not so much property per se as it is everything else. You know, your sales are low, the revenue is down, uh, your 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 expenses are up, you can't pay your staff people, you, you have to lay people off, and so this fund can assist you with, with all of that. But for the most part, I think if you know, a person hasn't filed their taxes and they can show they, they've got taxes, they've been filing taxes and paying taxes, it puts them in a better position, of course, to be able to qualify and get financing directly through this particular program, the Disaster Business Loan Fund application for the SBA. But it would seem like you'd also have to have to show some kind of profit and loss statement to show what you were doing business-wise before this and how it's impacted right. you. Right. Yeah, so they, they, they didn't ask you for your current year, year-to-date uh, profit and loss statement, okay. your, your tax return, uh, at least for the last year, sometimes two years, and they have the right to actually ask you for some additional information. When you look at the application initially, you only see about about ten, well, about sixteen different items there on the application. But they say they have the right to ask you for other information if if, if necessary once they review the first initial information you share with them. And they've also this, this could take you 
about a month, 30 days to kind of hear back from them in terms of where they are with, with your particular situation, your, your application process. But, uh, but I so would encourage that, people to apply anyway because right now you don't yep. have it. <laughs> so right. it's not going to hurt, you know, just put the time in to be able to do that. You know, so but it's not something that's going to happen quickly, I just heard you say. You know, basically, right. it's, uh, it's not, not going to be, you, you put it in, you, you call the next week and say, how, how I'm looking now, it's going it's to be longer than that. <laughs> and, then, right. then, 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 <laughs> and then also just be aware of the fact that, you know, you can imagine that there are other people, of course, other businesses applying for it too, so so they, they need some time to kind of evaluate and look at look at your applications to see where they, where they are with everything. All right, so let's switch to a local level. You know, let's talk about uh, the loan programs that Invest Atlanta has for small businesses that they may be able to take advantage of during this time as well. Yeah, so I I I I, I stand and mention our existing programs. But I want to concentrate really today on 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 the newest program that we've actually set okay. up for times like this. So our, our existing programs range pretty much from as low as maybe ten thousand to a hundred thousand uh, dollars. We got the the Business Improvement Loan Fund Program. Now, all, all of our programs, of course, are available to businesses uh, in, located in the city of Atlanta. And so if you if you qualify to obtain a city of Atlanta business license, you are in the city of Atlanta. Okay. And so if you qualify for that, you can qualify potentially for all of our programs, the Business Improvement Loan Fund Program, which is available to businesses in, in the city of Atlanta and, and commercial property owners in certain corridors in the city. Uh, the Phoenix Fund is citywide, up to $100,000 in that program. And the the Opportunity Loan Fund is geared towards sort of second-tier businesses, getting ready to add their management team together and that sort of thing as they kind of move forward. Uh, the Empowerment Zone, up to $50,000 in that particular program in certain corridors in the city of Atlanta. And then we've got the Atlanta Catalyst Loan Fund, which is a subsidiary from, from Amy which is an organization that was established by Invest Atlanta to, to deal with new market tax credits, and that goes up to between uh, right now between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars on that one. And we've got the Atlanta street vending. Any, any street vendors that might have an interest in, in trying to purchase carts through the city's planning office, uh, we have a program to assist them up to three thousand dollars in that financing. And uh, two uh, two of our other programs, the Atlanta Ford Loan Fund. Uh, which is geared towards facilities located in, in, in really incubator co-work space facilities and accelerators who are looking at trying to expand and grow outside the, the, what they would normally do as it relates to uh, trying to grow and expand their business. And lastly, I'd say existing programs. The, 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 oh, I got another one, too. The uh, Brownfield, about the long term, is used to clean, clean up certain corridor areas of businesses, business soil in the city of Atlanta, uh, to be further used to uh, help the business and location to grow and expand. And then our newest program this year is, is uh, besides the one I'm working with right now, Community Loan Funds geared towards businesses that are actually trying to really uh, kind of pay off debt and reposition themselves cash flow-wise in the community. Uh, so these are all available right now. So now but most of the people listening to us right now might not have too much of an interest in trying to deal with these programs because they, they are uh, slow interest rates between two and four uh, percent but you have to pay the money back and some of the people right now that on this call were probably facing a situation where 
their business was doing great in the end of 2019. Matter of fact, maybe great at the end of January and as it went into February. But now they're facing some challenges uh, in terms of the economy, in terms of people not socializing like we used to, not patronizing their businesses. And so, you know, uh, Mayor Keeson Lance Bottoms came up with an idea to really assist different phases of the um, Atlanta impact community uh, uh, through the virus. And what that meant was that they, she set aside also up to 1.5 million of the 7 million to assist small businesses who might be facing some, some challenges right now in terms of being able to maintain the, 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 the lease location or paying the, the, the mortgage for the building they might actually own or keeping people employed and that sort of thing. So we, we created a program uh, which is called the Business Continuity Loan Fund. And that was a, a direct uh, need to, for us to assist the mayor in assisting the, the businesses in Atlanta who've had these problems. I'm going to take a second to kind of to go through exactly what that program is and how to operate and what the, what the unique purpose of it was. So the purpose of the Business Continuity Loan Fund is to really provide a, a public benefit to small and local businesses engaged in trade, industry, and commerce uh, to, to address this, uh, uh, to address an economic shock, which we have right now, uh, in the business ecosystem or, or disaster areas identified by the federal government, the state of Georgia, and the city of Atlanta. And so we've gotten the go-ahead in terms of the federal government, the state, and the city in terms of the areas in the city of Atlanta, because the mayor designated the entire commercial district corridor in the entire city of Atlanta as being eligible for this this, this, this program. And so uh, another another point I'd make, uh, in, in the city of Atlanta, there's approximately 20,000 businesses operating in the city of Atlanta. And almost 95% have less than 50 employees and or $5,500,000 in revenue. So small businesses attract larger businesses looking for access to research and development talent and new markets. So that's what we're facing right now in terms of what the purpose of this fund is, is to assist those small businesses in the city of Atlanta that need help. Now, so we also want to ensure the viability of businesses in the city of Atlanta to, 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 to in the wake of what's happening right now in our community. And we want to ensure businesses can sustain their employee base in uh, some form of operations during periods of economic distress at the same time, we want to address the lack of working capital and cash flows as a result of the reduction of the, of the consumer demand or the ability of to fulfill product or service orders. That's the whole, whole purpose of this particular fund. Now, getting to the, the loan amount, uh, right now we're looking at finance, making finance available per business between five and $30,000. Okay. All right. It's a, it's a direct loan with a six to 12 month deferment. Because like, like I think one of my uh, other guests was saying earlier, it, it doesn't do us a good to give you a, a regular loan at prime plus five, 8% when, when you're struggling and your money is low. Right, right, so we're talking right. about deferring payments for really up to a year. We figure wow. in six months to a year, you know, hopefully the economy and everything will be back in pretty good shape. You know, so we built that in. 
in terms of what we're trying to do. And then we can we can do the long maturity mark up to up to five years. Wow. So you got you got up to thirty thousand dollars deferred for six months to a year, and you can pay it back at, at, at five years. But of course, of course, there's no prepayment penalty at all. Uh, but we but we said well, well we said well that's not good enough. We put this put the icing on the cake. The interest rate is zero percent. <laughs> okay. Zero that is icing. No that, that is icing. <laughs> right, right, That's right, right. <laughs> you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so so how, do, how do people and, find and, out about it? Where, where do they go to find out more about these loans? Yeah, what they can do, they, they, they can go to our website, which is www.investatlanta.com. When we go to the site, you see a little section to the right that says emergency funds for businesses. And you hit the bottom, the button that says learn more. Then when you open that, that site up, Mark, uh, you, you, you see five steps in the process. Uh, the first one is to look at that frequently asked questions section. And the second thing is to and, and pay close attention to this one. Uh, I did, I did a just a little, little less than a 12-minute uh, webinar where I walked the, walked the person through the whole application process. Tell them exactly okay. what they need to do, how to do it, uh, how to fill out the forms, and we've also included uh, three of our forms that we require you to give us can be downloaded as well from our website at the same time. So, but what I found out, we just launched this program in, in, in this past Friday. But some of the applications that have come in, we got to hold on to them because they they've been incomplete. Okay. Right. So the whole purpose of the webinar is to show people exactly what we need to get from them to say we got we got a completed uh, application. Let's go go ahead and process through our committee get it approved. And so, so the people who are listening right now they have they still have an opportunity, of course, to get their application in for us to us to make a, make financing for their business. So, at this point, we don't really have any because we just opened it up Friday. Okay. No applications approved. So the whole $1.5 million is still available to come as as uh, come as you as you do first basis to get the financing. All right. So um, you used to have monthly workshops on the loans. Are you guys going to switch those to virtual, or what are you going to be doing yeah, what, with that? What, what we, what, right. What we're doing right now, I, I did. So I did a webinar before. Our regular programs I mentioned earlier when I first started talking about our program, so that that's been updated too to include all of our programs, and we're directing people to that particular webinar right now, as well as this one here. This is a webinar here as well, of course, too. So, so until things kind of get, you know get changed, and and I, I you know on that stuff, I've been hearing some things about they got some things planned to kind of make some changes, and that's so I don't know where that is. I know there's been some talk about well. We gotta find some way to stimulate the, the ecosystem, the economy again. What can we do? So maybe they, they, they're looking at ways that we can maybe people who are less impacted by this virus can get back into the work world. I've been mean, talking about that. I don't know if that's gonna pass. I don't know if people say, hey, I don't know about that. Because now you <laughs> everybody tell us that is, they, don't 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 get within six feet of me. Stay away <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And, and now now they don't want us to get back in there. Right. Take a chance because the thing is, although the 
the percentage of people dying is low, you could still be in that number to go. Right. So you know so what I mean. It's, it's no, it's no, it's no guarantee on that. Until we kind of, I think, until our, you know, our medical industry and our specialists get get more into what's happening with that particular virus, I think we'll feel more comfortable with things once we kind of figure out exactly what's going on and how we can we can keep ourselves safe. So, so the loan program that you just mentioned are all for city of Atlanta only. Right, all for the city of Atlanta. Right. Okay. Now, now, what you can do now, we now a lot of people expand to this. A lot of people might be in Decatur, or College Park, and they're looking at having a satellite office, especially once all this kind of rolls over in terms of all the problems we have right now. And so, I, I encourage people to expand. Look at look at a second location, a third location in the all city right. of Atlanta. So, when it comes right. when it comes to city related financing and small businesses. There's 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 no comparison to what Investor Land and City of Atlanta offers the small business community, uh, in addition to what the regular uh, sources of financing are available. Now, the main reason why we can do what we do, Mark, is because since I've been running these programs, all the money we've ever gotten has been money that's in the form of a grant to us. Okay. We can determine be flexible. So that's why interest rates are low. Like I mentioned, 2%, 3%. This was here at 0%. Because this was general fund money, your tax money, that was given to the city, that the city of Atlanta said, we want to assist people in need in our business community, establish this fund, and we set the parameters up that we thought would be much more palatable and suitable to assist the the small businesses in the city of Atlanta. And that's why we made a 0% interest rate. So we, 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 we... uh, we always say two things. You know, our payback to us is number one, you staying in business, and number two, you stand, you paying us back. There you go. So if you can stay in business and pay us back, we partners with you. <laughs> we want you. To, we we give you a low interest. We want you to stay in business. We want you to be around. Right, right. You know? right. So and tell me this. Pay us back. Mark, you pay us back. I can help your brother and your sister. All right. Your IT and your And just for clarity, the SBA money is for all counties, not just city of Atlanta. That's for right. Georgia. Right. So the, SBA money, the SBA money is national. Okay. As, as, long, right. as, as long as you have a you have a, a, a program approved by the federal government and the governor of that state, you can access the SBA disaster loan for money. All right, man. Well, I'm going to put out your content. I'm going to put out that video because people need to take advantage of this with a quickness is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, tell people to spread, spread, spread the word. I mean, but once the word right. gets out, you know, it's out. All right. All so, right. So I, I want everybody to be the first in line to be able to be aware right. of this, the class for the finance. All right. All right, Brother Lonnie, thanks for stepping in, giving us a little information. Hey. And I'll make sure we get those videos and everything out so we can help people get access to this money. I appreciate you, Mark. Keep doing the good right, work you're doing. All right, man. All right. Talk to you later. Well, you heard it from Lonnie Sabor. As I said, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm sure we could have got a lot deeper. But I just wanted to give you the basic information. you got to go to the SBA to get the SBA money. But the city of Atlanta also has a lot of other programs that... You need to take advantage. So I say go for all of it. So I'm going to go to break. When I come back, we'll bring in Kevin C. Fry. He's going to tell us how to explode your business in 2020.
The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people. Talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back, Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. I'm going to start this conversation off. You know, I set the stage earlier in the show. I'm going to read it one more time because I think you need to know it. The Urban League of Great Atlanta has been serving the community for 100 years. Matter of fact, this is the centennial year for the Urban League and what a year has turned out to be. As it has done for 100 years, the league rises in the face of adversity to represent the community the entire community. But there are people that don't know exactly what the Urban League does, but the people that do are Urban Leaguers for Life. So today I want to welcome Nancy Flake Johnson, the CEO of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta, to the show. We're going to talk about what the Urban League does, who she is, and how we're really working during this crisis to help the community. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Thank you so much. You know, Nancy, uh, I want to start first with you introducing yourself, because uh, I do want to go into the Urban League, but I want people to know who you are as well. So I want you to introduce yourself, and because you've been walking a path for a long time, I call it a purposeful path, and it led you to where you're at right now. So I want people to learn a little bit about that, but I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know who you are. Okay, great. Thank you so much. So I'm Nancy Slate Johnson. Uh, I am the president of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta, and I have been in this role since 2008. So as of July 1, I will have had this position for uh, 12 years. And prior to that, I worked with the Detroit Urban League, which is my hometown, as their vice president of programs and partnerships. Um, I, I'm a Detroiter through and through, but uh, Atlanta is definitely my home. I started out right out of college at, from Howard University. My first job was here in Atlanta. And so I've had roots here for many years, and uh, this is definitely home for me. Uh, it's an honor to serve in this role. I love people. Um, my years at Howard, both as a student and then later, uh, I worked there for 10 years and I, I was a uh, professor, but I was really the director of the Small Business Development Center in my late 20s and early 30s. And that really was when I realized my purpose. And so um, I made my way to the Urban League. And so I'm just very thankful to have the opportunity through the league to have really just the opportunity to, in, in such a broad way, 
uh, uh, do our best to make the life better, make lives better for African Americans and anyone that seeks our our services. Um, we are a person to person organization that is vested in the economic success of Americans, and we coach them to a, a better life. We evaluate where people are, um, help them um, to equip them with what they need, and we help elevate them to where they want to go. So it's a partnership. We love collaborations, and uh, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. You in a nutshell. It's a big old nutshell. It's a big old <laughs> nutshell. So <laughs> let's talk about this. You know, I said earlier, a lot of times people don't know what the Urban League does, and you kind of told them what we do. But let's, let's dig a little deeper into, you know, the mission of the Urban League. Let's, let's talk about the 100 years. I mean, this is our 100-year yeah. celebration, and it's not going the way we planned, but we still step it up. So let's let's talk about the 100 years that, of service that the Urban League has provided to the Atlanta market. Oh, for sure. So, um, first of all, nationally, the National Urban League, uh, we are a civil rights organization, first and foremost. And But what makes us um, distinguished uh, from some of our other civil rights organizations, and each of us has our own uh, kind of specialty or niche as it relates to uh, human rights, but Urban Leagues has always been uh, focused on direct services to African Americans. And it's always been focused around uh, porting black people to move up economically. So we got our start in the midst of the Great Migration. Uh, Don't really know how the Great Migration began, but what we do know is that conditions in the South and for black people pretty much everywhere were horrendous. Uh, We were struggling economically. Many African-Americans were sharecroppers. And uh, I know my my family migrated from uh, Opelika, Alabama, when my father was four years old and went straight up what we now know as 75 North and landed in Detroit. And um, that's where my grandfather, who once was a uh, horse doctor, uh, took his family, worked for the post office. My dad went on to be a doctor. And um, and so I grew up Detroit all the way. Uh, hard workers, you know, we, we believe in our families and home ownership and business and entrepreneurship. And so many families took that journey and seeking this better life because at the same time the Industrial Revolution was taking place and factories were popping up and word spread that these factories were hiring people at a fair wage and you could live better. And uh, unfortunately, when many families made that trek to to Atlanta, to uh, uh, New York City and every hub along the way, the doors weren't wide open. And so Urban League is really the result of uh, four organizations, two primarily white, two African-American or black, came together because they wanted to help families that had come to New York looking for a better life but needed help to plug in to the jobs, to housing, to health care, to education. 
those fundamental things that make anybody's life, you know, good, worth living, you know, quality. I really wish that I could tell you that we didn't need the Urban League anymore. But in the wake of coronavirus and the recession, wow, we're going to be needed <laughs> like never before. Yes. And so we're we're here to stand up to that. You know, it's interesting you said that because I was thinking the same thing. It doesn't seem like much has changed from 100 years ago to today. We're still, because the work, I mean, we're still dealing with some of the same issues, you know, access to capital, jobs, and things like that. So let's talk about what the Urban League does internally. You know, uh, we don't have to do a deep dive. You know, I don't, I don't have you for a lot of time. I mean, you're busy. You know, let's, let's stop for a minute. You just got appointed to the governor's council, you know, um, this whole COVID-19 recovery thing. Let's talk about that for a second. What's that about? Well, um, as some people, most people probably don't know, but one of the things that um, I think most governors across the country have done is they formed a, a task force to help them make decisions and deploy resources and things like that uh, with respect to the virus. And here in Georgia, uh, Governor Kemp originally stood up four committees. Uh, one is on emergency preparedness. Another is economic impact, primary health care, and the fourth is uh, homeless placement. And um, so um, those are the four committees. They've been making recommendations. Many people may know that Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms was uh, uh, asked uh, by the governor to chair homelessness and displacement. And, um, and, and her committee has actually already given their first set of recommendations to the governor. Um, one of the things as we began to learn more about this and became, you know, began to realize how serious things were, um, we gathered up with folks we work with all the time and said, you know, let's get together and and share information now. We need to be tight. We need to. Be, to know what resources are flowing, how we can help the people that we serve, and make sure that you know folks are taken care of. And so out of that came a, a group that we call the Black Leadership Coalition. And it's open. It's um, you know it's just open really to any organization that serves African Americans or people who are vulnerable. And we get together and we share information. Well. Um, one of the leaders of the organizations is uh, Karen Bennett. She is the chair of the Georgia Legislative Black Caucus, and she was awesome enough to uh, help us connect with some of the governor's um, top people, the person over who's the commissioner of health, Dr. Catherine Toomey, um, the person who's over uh, emergency preparedness, and uh, some other team members of his uh, to give us a chance to just find out what was going on, what were their plans, how were they going to support people. And um, sometime after that, we found out that the governor uh, made it, and we were advocating for diversity on those committees. Um, and we learned this past Saturday that he decided to add a fifth committee. 
And this fifth committee is called Community Outreach. And so we, um, we've just met for the first time. We're literally just organizing. Um, but, you know, in general, it's, it's a committee made up of very diverse people from across the state uh, to make sure that all the citizens in Georgia have a voice and, um, you know, have an opportunity to uh, make recommendations to the governor. Wow, that's outstanding. I mean, that's pretty prestigious there. So uh, congratulations. I know everybody was sending the emails and everything all day. I'm even going to put a little more uh, put a little more applause in there. No, no. Here's what I tell everybody. Uh, they say, oh, you're on the committee. I'll say we. We're on the committee. We, yeah. I'm right, on the committee. Right. We're on the committee. And that's yeah, what right. it's about. And uh, there are several so people it, on the committee. I'm Leona Davenport with Atlanta Business League, okay. Uh, okay. Reverend Tim McDonald, Concerned Black Clergy, and others. So, And, of course, Bernice King, Dr. King, is the one of the co-chairs along with uh, her, uh, Leo Smith, who's they're both dynamic. Talk about the shifts or the things that the Urban League is focused on during this crisis and how we're trying to help yeah. people understand what's going on. Yes, yes. So um, where shall we begin? Let's let's start with individuals. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, this the legislation is so voluminous. Uh, it is being interpreted every single day. So I want to give a, a disclaimer to your audience that I don't know everything there is to know. But we have made it our business to try to stay up on the provisions that we know will affect the greatest number of people that we serve. And so probably one of the first things is that um, most people have heard about the economic impact payments that, um, quote, all Americans will get. And that's probably the most immediate thing that's going to happen. I can tell you that um, at the Urban League, our job is to help people uh, respond to questions about it, make sure that those who have not filed their taxes, that they get connected with resources to get their taxes completed so they can access the resources and that they understand what they're entitled to. In general, um, it's really based on household income. And on the high end, uh, to get the full payment of $1,200 for an individual, up to uh, $2,400 for a married couple, plus up to $500 for each qualifying child. Those are the general kind of rules. Uh, household income is $75,000 for a single person, and it's double that for a married couple. That's to get 100% of the money. As long as your income doesn't exceed those amounts, you will get those dollars. And if you file the tax return, you don't have to do anything. If you put your bank account information, if you got a refund and you put your bank account information and that refund came to your bank account, you don't have to do a thing. You will, be, you will get the dollars are theoretically going to show up according to the IRS website as we speak. From March 30th, it said, in approximately three weeks. So well, look for your bank account. If you didn't put bank account information, a check will be cut 
and mailed to your last known address on your return. What we don't know, and you know, is that if you know now that your either your bank account information has changed or your address has changed and you didn't put it, then it obviously it would make sense for you to try to reach the IRS and make that change. Um, that's where I'm not sure of the process but I would uh, be willing to you know, research that if any of your members of your audience need that information. Um, if your income is over that, but not over $99,000 for a single person and not over $198,000 for a married couple, you will get some portion of that. It will be prorated, and it zeroes out above those income levels. So this is a one-time payment, and the good news about this, these payments, according to information, will continue to be made through December 31st. So for people that haven't filed their taxes, they don't have to worry. possible the payments will still be made is what we're being told. Well, that's, that's for individuals, so... You know, I mean, yeah. you know, I get as a director of entrepreneurship. You know, I've been getting blown up with calls about what do I do about my business. So, what's happening in those arenas? In the small business. Well, zone? you know, if you're if you're a sole proprietor, um, then your Schedule C net income carries into your personal return, and you will get these dollars. That's our understanding. Okay. Anybody mm-hmm. that filed a tax return. And the other bit of information that we've been told, and this has not been fully verified, but that if you did not file a return, you can still file one even if you weren't required to. So let's say you didn't have any income or you had very little income. File that return. Now, I understand the electronic systems won't file zero returns, but you can mail in a return theoretically, get in the system, document your dependents, and still get a check down the lo- down the line. And that's critically important for a lot of people that we're concerned about, because there's still tons of people that are uh, unemployed, long-term unemployed, underemployed, who may not be required to file a return that need these dollars that may not receive them automatically. So that's really critical. Yeah. That's critical. Yeah. Yep. But now let's talk about small businesses. So um, small businesses um, really fall have two potential opportunities for resources. And one, which is very different than normal, unemployment benefits. Um, I understand that a sole proprietor is entitled to apply for unemployment benefits. Uh, so if you let's say you've got a, a hairstylist who clearly is hit dramatically right now because of the distancing requirements and social uh, distancing and, and so forth, their income is pretty much dropped to zero. So what a great provision that those individuals can apply for unemployment. Um, Let's talk about unemployment. Uh, Normally, the amount a person gets is dependent upon the state in which they live. 
Now, here in Georgia, we have one of the lowest unemployment rates of pay in the whole country. So the fact that this stimulus for COVID-19 is adding on top of whatever your state pays an additional $600 a week to your unemployment, that is, that's a game changer. That will give mm-hmm. people some security. And so, so for example, if, if you were going to ordinarily get $300 a week, you will now get $900 a week for unemployment. And wow. that can be, um, and see, Georgia, I think they used to only let you get it for like 10 weeks. Now it's 13 weeks. And if you're still unemployed at the end of that period, you can apply for one more extension. So that's probably good information for your listeners. No, that's great information. I'm good. Fantastic yeah. information because a lot of people right now are not sure what to do. You know, and we do yep. have a lot of people that are hairdressers, caterers, people that have, yep. you know, most of the businesses I support are service-based businesses. We These businesses interact with people, and right now they can't do that. So this exactly. is very critical information, you know, for those types of people. So Yeah, it's yeah, very unusual because normally self-employed uh, individuals are not eligible for unemployment under any circumstances. So... We have to give credit where credit is due that this provision was included. So that's one thing, unemployment. The other uh, opportunity for resources is based on SBA loans. And for any business with under 500 employees, and in some cases, you know, depending on your industry, they have size standards. Um, at the SBA, you can look up your industry online and just verify that it is 500 or less and, uh, and what the revenue requirements are. Now, I have a, uh, a friend from Howard who is a physician in Virginia, and he called me concerned because he's part of a consortium of doctors that have their separate practices, but they all operate under one tax ID number. And so the IRS is looking at them as one employer, and they have 575 employees collectively. But individually, they have much fewer. And so they're struggling to figure out, how do we fit? You know, and it's, it's those little technicalities that have to be worked through. But on the loan side, there's actually um, three well, really four different options. There's something called the Paycheck Protection Program. And this loan is um, provides for loan forgiveness. This is one that I encourage, you know, any small business uh, out there to definitely pursue and determine if you qualify for. Um, it is, uh, it calculates based on two and a half times your average payroll for the month. So you have to have, well, let me put, for the Paycheck Protection Program, you have to have employees. But I also understand you generally have to have employees. But it's self-employed individuals, Schedule C, with they count themselves as the employee, 
So you're, you have one employee, which would be yourself, do qualify mm-hmm. for this, okay? And, um, and you can also include uh, average health care benefits, uh, rent, and utilities. Now, one of the things I definitely want to say to your listeners, um, and we'll need to say it more than once probably, but the key with the forgiveness of this loan is the dollars have to be used for those specific purposes, to retain employees, pay them salary, to pay your rent, your utilities, and your health care costs. if you use those dollars for something else, the fine print is there. You could be subject to fines, penalties, mm-hmm. and even uh, criminal conviction and imprisonment. Just want to oh. make sure that people, you know, are clear. And I, I'm sure. I mean, right now, as much as people are in stress, you're going to use it for your business. But um, let's just say, for example, things get better for your business in three months and you haven't used all the dollars you borrowed, you don't want to go out and use those dollars for something else. Uh, You're going to need to either prepay them back, there's no prepayment penalty, or use them as intended. And, um, and you you know, seek advice on these things if you're unsure. Just don't want people a year from now, two years from now, to have a bunch of fines and you know, penalties creeping up because records were not maintained well and they can't verify that the dollars were used for what was intended. What about nonprofits? Nonprofits and faith-based organizations um, also generally not uh, eligible uh, for small business loans and things are eligible for these loans. In fact, the faith-based community got busy because they have very specific categories on almost all the forms. Nonprofits, community-based organizations, I struggled to find, because we applied for one of these loans for the Urban League, and I struggled to find a category in which we fit because we're not a faith-based organization. And they didn't have human services there. They didn't have workforce development. But they did have an educational services organization. And, you know, that was the closest fit for us. So, you know, that's an area that Urban would help. Now, we we operate on faith, but we're not faith-based, is what you say it up. Correct. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is very true. You know this. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, and then, um, so then there's another loan that is called the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And there's two components to this loan. The first is that you can very simply and quickly request a $10,000 advance on this loan to get some initial dollars in quickly. Again, this applies to uh, sole proprietors. It applies to independent contractors. And that's something, you know, you and I talked about. We need to make sure our independent contractors do a lot of work with the Urban League know this Um, so they can determine if this is appropriate for them. What's beautiful about the advance is the advance 
there is an opportunity for the advance to be uh, forgiven. And then in addition to the advance, you can apply for a general working capital loan. And the beautiful thing of this, and they have a formula they're using that we haven't seen yet, but there's a formula that will determine what you are uh, maximum you could borrow. And the interest rate on these loans are very low, 2.75% for nonprofits and 3.75% for uh, for-profit businesses. And the best part is her. It's 30 years. I, the wow. way I'm reading it, automatically, it'll be a 30-year loan. So that makes it really easily, you know, not necessarily easy, but it, it will certainly give you a much better shot at an, at an affordable payment so that you don't go out and bite off more than you can chew, and then you're saddled with a lot of debt. So it's, these are things that really small businesses should take the time to discuss with their accountant, with their um, advisors, their board, uh, an urban league, uh, the SBDC, any of the other um, MBDC, Minority Business Development Center, um, offers all kinds of help. There are a number of resources out there that are here to help you uh, and just talk you through it so to make sure you know everything you need to know so you can make the right decisions. Yeah, and we're posting all this information on our website on a regular basis. So anytime we get information, we're, we're making it known to people. So because it seems like it's changing every day. You know, everything's yeah. like the first way That's we had to apply. They created this, this long form that you had to do, and now they made it short. But so they keep changing. Because I think they're running into difficulties too handling the supply and demand for this. I, I think the SBA is getting overrun right now, and uh, so they're learning as they go along as well. So I guess people just really yeah. have to be patient and pay attention. That's for sure. So what, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? So and uh, so those two, those three things are available. And if you already now, here's the thing with the Paycheck Protection Program. That loan is through a bank, and this has just started. Banks just started taking applications last Friday, and I understand that um, they have to be SBA-approved certified lenders already to administer this loan. And so what we're finding out, and I'm, I'm still gathering information, but it seems there's some inconsistency among the banks as to what paperwork they're requiring, whether or not you have to be an existing a customer with an existing relationship, how a, quote, relationship is defined. Now, I thought relationship would have meant as long as you have an account with that institution, that's a relationship. But I've heard today that for some banks, that does not in and of itself constitute a relationship. It would be more along the lines of... Um, you have existing lines of credit with the bank. You have existing, you have credit card accounts. You know, you've got other, other deeper connections with that bank. We're, we're of course, advocating 
that that should not be a requirement. Why should smaller businesses that don't have a, either a need for those services or haven't grown to, you know, uh, have the capacity to handle those services yet be excluded? And right. so that's something I can tell you as an urban league, we will be having no certified statements, no audited statements. Small businesses just don't have that. And this right. is intended to, you know, give emergency aid. So that means right. quickly. So we got to keep advocating to, you know, make them realize that, um, because that's not how it's being marketed. It's marketed right now that every bank, hey, go to your bank. But banks are making their yeah. own rules. Yeah, yeah, I think they have that. That they, uh, according to, we actually had a good, great conversation today with um, uh, Terry Dennison, who is the deputy regional director for the SBA here in the Atlanta area, and um, you know. Again, the the rules are are being more clearly defined day by day, and uh, but Terry, you know the the SBA is getting calls from all kinds mm-hmm. of you know businesses asking questions and sharing what they're encountering because nobody you, you don't know until it happens, right? Don't know until it happens. Yeah. So so that's you know kind of the big buckets of you know unemployment critical. Get on that now. The good thing about unemployment, one of the things we understand that uh, Commissioner um, Mark from the uh, Georgia Department of Labor, that they are asking employers, the companies, to uh, process the paperwork for unemployment so that they can work with companies as opposed to mm-hmm. lots and lots Individual. of individuals. Gotcha. So if you're... If you've been laid off before you apply, check with your employer and find out if they've already applied for you. You may be ahead of the okay. game, which is great. So, you know, those are the things for businesses and individuals. Now, what did the Urban League do to make a shift to keep serving the people that we always serve? What have we been doing uh, as an organization? Oh, my goodness. I I am so proud of our team and our clients because we right. made a decision, you know, uh, that we were Friday was going to be our last day and Monday we were going to be online over a weekend. And I can give you so many examples. Here's the good thing about what Urban League does. Everything we do involves either counseling or coaching people, either one-to-one based on their particular circumstances or in small groups, or we're training people or providing an educational uh, platform. And all of those things can be done either by phone, by tablet, by laptop, by desktop. Um, and one thing that it, it was heartbreaking in many ways, but the sad thing is we do have a huge... Uh, di- uh, digital divide still mm-hmm. here in, ni- in 2020. And tons of our clients do not have high-speed Internet at home. Uh, many of them don't have tablets and laptops, but what they do have, which keeps us connected, is they have a phone, a smartphone. And so we have transitioned to Zoom conferences, 
I didn't know how to do Zoom. I can Zoom now. <laughs> I don't always want to. Yeah. I don't always want to. You are Zooming. <laughs> We're Zooming, aren't we? We zooming. But, uh, you know, we zooming. So, we're zooming. Oh, yeah. And seniors are zooming. I, I did a, right. we do a call with my family. We had a great call last night. You know, my family's all over, you know, L.A., D.C., uh, Virginia, to Alabama, Atlanta, Chicago. I mean, we're just like Detroit. We're all over the place. And to see each other was just such a comfort. Oh, it was beautiful. And um, Zoom is free, y'all. You can get a free Zoom account and talk to people for up to 40 minutes for free. So that's a beautiful thing. Right. Uh, but to, to get back, so workforce is in full bloom. We are doing career readiness training online. We're doing a career coaching online. We're helping people who've been laid off, help them figure out their next steps, getting, helping them to get to unemployment, helping them to make a decision, do you want to work again? Because we still have tons of employers, as you know, um, that are hiring, that are in these essential service arenas, uh, the hospitals, the grocery stores, the pharmacies, still some of the restaurants, you know, are still doing a lot of carryout, um, truck drivers. Mm -hmm. I mean, there. I just want us to give us huge, huge, Thank you, thank you, thank you to all the men and women that are out there sacrificing, trying to figure this thing out, trying to help us, you know, be safe. I just thank you for, you know, sacrificing and really putting your lives on the line for the rest of us. Um, so we want, you know, we've got to make sure that um, we are supporting our frontline people to get their PPE equipment, personal protection equipment. If you've got a ton of masks and you can spare some, please donate them. If you've got extra mm -hmm. gloves, donate them. Um, the last thing we need is for a family member or ourselves to need hospitalization and we don't have the care available because we were hoarding things. Um, right. And I know people are jacking prices. It's, it's really a challenge all the way around. But we're here to really also bring stability, to remain calm. We know we're going to get through this. We're, it's it's going to be hard and we're going to have some hard times ahead. But we want people to know that Urban League cares about their circumstance and we're going to do whatever we can to help them through. And so that's why our partnerships are so important. Let's talk so, just for a minute. You know, we use the word partnerships. What are some of the partnerships we have that are helping us do the work that we do? And, you know, talk about oh. our board, too. I mean, they seen our board has just come through oh, dramatically. Oh. They are amazing. We've got the best board in town. I mean, <clears throat> in terms of engagement, uh, they care. They volunteer. They're personally vested. Um, we have almost 100% participation on all of the, you know, um, in-between emergency calls that we've had to have over the past uh, several weeks and just throughout the year. And um, so uh, I mean partnerships with organizations like uh, Comcast. When Comcast made the decision to offer free broadband, um, 
we got that information right away and we pushed it out to people. Uh, we want to help people connect. Many of our, our, our board members are hiring. Home Depot is hiring. Um, you know, Grady is hiring. They're not on our board, but um, uh, CBS is hiring. Publix, Kroger's. And there are a lot of people that need and want to work. You know, and we've just been clear with all our employers that we work with, we've got to be sure that you're prepared with the PPE for all these individuals because, you know, we're not going to refer people to a job where they're not going to be safe. That's for sure. And um, so, you know, we're doing that. Partnerships in general, the education partnerships are so important because the biggest thing I think that we do is before, just before corona came along, coronavirus, one of the things that this region had going for it was we were in a skills gap position. And what that means is there were more open jobs, good-paying jobs, that did not require a four-year degree available than people with the skills to get them. And so our whole focus was helping to tap into people's, help them tap into who they are and what they want to do and map that against where the money is being made. And here you can practically do anything you want, but it's film and television. And speaking of which, I thought, oh, the film and television folks are going to qualify for unemployment. Mm -hmm. They're going to qualify for some of these small loans. Um, you've got uh, transportation and logistics, IT, healthcare construction and the building trades. You've just got almost, you know, uh, uh, hospitality is booming. Aeronautics. So many things are here and open, wide open. It's just a matter of Urban League being, wanting to be and being the bridge between the opportunities and our people. Um, so our At Promise Center operations went to the web. We're continuing with our GED classes. We're continuing with our career readiness, helping um, young people to prepare for school to get jobs. If that's their their uh, objective. Um, we're helping people through our um, five-star tenant program in partnership with Atlanta Housing. This I love. We are teaching people how to manage their money better. These individuals will have the opportunity to move into some new um, subsidized housing that is beautiful, that is being erected downtown. and But this is a prerequisite. They have to complete so many classes of uh, financial literacy training. They get coaching. We, do, uh, we look at their credit score. We support them to achieve a 700. And what we're just learning from uh, some of the seniors and, and the people we're working with, um, how resilient our folks really are. I mean, there are so many people. Oh, my goodness. The other thing, speaking of seniors, um, a lot of seniors rely, our seniors in our community, a lot of them, their biggest source of income is Social Security. And most people who get Social Security, if that's their primary source of income, they're not required to file a tax return. So some good news we learned is that anyone getting Social Security is automatically going to get their check. So that is really, really good news. Wow. Really good news. So 
I know we're getting close you know, to your time. Well, <laughs> you know, we are, but the, fact is, yeah, but the fact is is that I've already agreed that we're going to do some special shows that we do a deeper dive, you know, on yes. what's going on, you know, with the Urban League and how we're trying to help people. We're going to set up some webinars with the SBA agreed to work with us today to do some webinars yes. and really, as they understand these loans, explaining it to everyone else. And that's what I think the great thing about what we're doing now is the partnerships and the collaborations, you know. And when you're working on the governor's, governor's task team, I think that's uh, going to make sure that we know exactly what we're doing. But, you know, I'm going to ask you a final question, the question that was asked of Donald Trump. People are suffering. People don't know what's going on. What would you say to our community right now to help them through this time? Uh, to to reach out, to reach out and ask for help. That's the important thing. Um, if you're if you see yourself coming close to needing food, don't wait until it's out. Reach out to the Urban League. Reach out to the United Way. Two one one. Reach out to uh, the, uh, the city. Um, there's a bunch of nonprofits. Families First, um, the Wise. All of us are geared up. We transitioned our financial opportunity center. We are now a financial opportunity and emergency relief center. That's what we're calling ourselves so that the community will know we care about what's happening with you. So reach out. Call us. Our number, 404-659-1150. And uh, we are there to hear what you need. We may not have what you need, but we're going to find out who's got it. And uh, thankfully... We just heard that uh, United Way and Community Foundation have just made a second round of uh, grants to a lot of our grassroots and um, food-serving uh, um, organizations. Gooder, uh, Jasmine Crow, who distributes food, she told us on our call, she's on the committee, that uh, she's distributing food at Douglas High School in that community. And she said um, there's, they got a waiting list of 500 families. But she just wow. got word today that she's going to get 2,500 more um, uh, boxes of food that she can distribute, and it will produce 25 meals for a family. Wow. So we just got to give them. For those who can give, you know, give. Give up your check and donate it to your favorite organization. Right on. Well, Ms. Yeah. Nancy Flake Johnson, thank you for taking the time tonight. I know you Jump, jumped off of one call to jump on this call. So we're going to give you, uh, you call it a, a rest day, but you didn't rest much. And I talked to you at least three or four times a day. But, uh, but I, heard, you, I heard you. I heard that first second. And I knew you were talking <laughs> to me. And I think it. And I, I, I'm so Thank you. All right. All right. Well, uh, we'll play some more shows, but thank you for coming out, taking the time I'm to come on the show. And, uh, all right. You have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You too. Right. Take care. Right. Thank you, right. audience. Be safe. <laughs> so you heard it. Urban League of Greater Atlanta making it do what it do, as I always say. But we're going to be holding some more shows so you can find out more deeper, a deeper dive on exactly what the Urban League does. But if you're another organization out there that has work that you're doing in the community and you want to come share it on my show, Please contact me. 
I know some people have called. I'm actually going to start doing more shows during the week to make sure everybody gets the word in. But I just want to thank you for your continued support. And I also want to give one more time a shout-out to Eddie T. Birthday coming up, April 9th. We'll make it one more year. If we can just keep them from going outside, that's been hard to do from what I hear. But this is Mark Parham, Cat Building Talk Radio Show. As I say every week, I look forward to our next encounter. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash cap builder talk. We hope you enjoy the show.